This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. LGBTIQ spoken word events from Australia and from around the world. I'm Dean and this is The Cheap Seats, podcast edition. Thanks for joining me. In this podcast, we have front row seats for a panel discussion called Rainbow Jews, being Jewish then and now. This is part two of a two-part intergenerational conversation with young Jewish people sharing stories about their lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender lives in Britain today. Be sure to check out part one of the conversation at joy.org.au forward slash cheap seats. But for now, let's grab our seats and listen to the conversation from the cheap seats on Joy 94.9. Hello and welcome to the second interview with members of Britain's Jewish LGBT community. My name is Surat Rathgeber Kanan and I'm the founder of the oral history project Rainbow Jews, celebrating LGBT Jewish history and heritage in the UK. We're here to explore the life experiences of Jewish LGBT people in the UK. In this group, we listen to stories and viewpoints from some of the younger generation of pioneers. Here with me are representatives from London and Brighton. On the left, David and Alex. And on the right, Jacob and David Tim. Before we start, would you each like to tell us a little bit more about yourself? David. Um, I'm David, I'm originally from Northampton. 28 years old, now living in North London, and I work for a communal organization as a press officer. What about you, Alex? Uh, So my name is Alex, I'm uh, 43. Uh, Originally born in Leicester, I now live in London in Hackney. Thank you. My name is Jacob, I'm 20 years old. I'm originally from London, but I now live in Brighton. I'm a student studying English literature and film. My name is David Tim. Um, I was originally born in Iowa. I grew up in Indiana and I moved here when I was 19. I'm now 24 and I work in game development. Thank you. So, um, David, could you tell us a little bit more about um, your LGBT Jewish identity and what it means to you currently? Are you involved in any groups or what do you do? Well, starting with the Jewish side of my identity, um, I work in a communal organization, and that means that I'm very much within the community. I have to deal with other community organizations on a daily basis. Um, I'm a member of my home shul in Leicester, Leicester Progressive, and I'm currently looking for a shul in London. Um, I've never been involved in explicitly LGBT activities, per se, but in London, I've started to go to social events held by the Gay Jews in London group. Gages in London is a... It's a sort of social uh, group for um, Jews living in London. Um, They meet for after-work drinks and sometimes Friday night dinners and things like that. Okay. Alex, how does your Jewish and or LGBT life look at the moment? Uh, They have been very separate. 
I um, haven't really been members of groups that cross over until recently in London. So now I'm a member of the um, lesbian and gay Jewish group in London. Uh, my partner's Jewish and I go to social events that are queer and Jewish and that's a new thing and a good thing, I think. All right, thank you. Jacob. Uh, similar to the other two, my Jewish life and LGBT life have been quite separate up until now. Uh, within the Jewish world, I volunteer for a Jewish youth organization, and that's my main involvement with the Jewish community. And that community is one that is very LGBT inclusive uh, and educates about LGBT issues, but it's not strictly an LGBT organization. Uh, so, but in terms of strictly LGBT organizations. I'm beginning to become part of some, but I've only recently come out, so I haven't had that much time to become parts of ones. And also, uh, it can be different to find LGBT organizations that are that inclusive of bisexual people, which I am. Uh, so it's about finding those kind of organizations. Thank you. Um, I've just moved to London, so I'm still finding groups on both sides, so I'm still looking for synagogue to go to as well as LGBT groups, and, but I'm also looking for potential Jewish LGBT groups to become involved in, so it's all very new for me right now. All right, so. thanks for sharing that. So going back a little bit further in your lives, David, would you like to tell us a little bit more about your upbringing, your background? Um, how did it all start? So I grew up in a completely secular home where Judaism for me was really just a matter of heritage and little more, and even then quite a vague concept of being Jewish. So, oh, you know, I have Jewish heritage and that was really that. I didn't have any involvement in the Jewish community whatsoever. Um, that was basically my upbringing um, with regards to Judaism. You did a lot of traveling, didn't you? Um, yes, yeah, so um, having grown up in a place like Northampton, I was eager to explore. <laughs> um, so when I was 18, I actually moved to Turkey and I lived there for six years. I studied Turkish. I worked as a translator. And it was during those six years that I actually connected quite deeply with my Jewish identity. Um, so that was a very important sort of phase in my life. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Alex, how about you? Um, well, I grew up in Leicester, which is a small-ish Jewish community. Um, I was a member of the Orthodox community. You're a member of the Progressive, progressive community, also Leicester. Um, it was a culturally quite traditional Jewish home. I strongly identified then as Jewish. I still strongly identify as Jewish. But I think being gay, I came out when I was around 13, uh, so young. Um, I didn't see any representation of gay people in my Jewish community or wider Jewish community. So in my head, I think I unconsciously just separated the two things out. There wasn't, wasn't much, well, there was no overlap. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, I was brought up in uh, South and North London, and I was actually born to two mothers, and one of um, my biological mother's partner died at the, when I was two years old, uh, and she consequently went back into the closet while bringing me up. So I only found out about her identity when I was around 15 years old, and I was already been aware my whole life that I was 
bisexual. Uh, so at the age of 19, when I came out, it was nice for us to both be honest to each other for the first time about those identities. Uh, but I think that there was definitely stuff around uh, homophobia and biphobia in the Jewish community, uh, which perhaps stopped both of us from being as open as we would have liked to have been. But it's really lovely that now we're at a time in our lives where we can be open about that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, in my childhood, I we grew up in, heavily involved in the Jewish community, so synagogue most weekends, um, holidays, and all of that. However, around the time that I was 12, we moved further away from where the community was physically located. Um, and Judaism became something we did at home Friday nights. So I spent most of my teenage years with Shabbat dinners every Friday, um, which my sister absolutely hated because it meant we didn't get to go out. Um, and then after that, I've kind of come back in, in and out of it as I've moved around the world. So and now I'm looking to get more heavily involved in it now that I'll be in one place for a while. Join 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Join 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. So how do you feel about um, Jewish and LGBT life in Britain? Do, do you think it's a good country to live for you? Do, do you feel you can live your identities in a... In a an adequate way that makes you happy and fulfilled. What's your sort of, what are your feelings about this? Um, personally speaking, and having only been back a few years uh, in the UK, I think it's a great place to be uh, Jewish and LGBT. Um, I have had the benefit, obviously, of living in a country where it's more difficult, though not impossible, to be uh, openly gay. Um, actually, it's probably more difficult to be openly Jewish in that country. Um, and being able to live in London and have these sort of social groups, uh, being able to make these kind of friends um, from all different walks of life has been a great experience and I'm really looking forward to exploring it further so I can, I can safely say that this is really a great place to be um, Jewish and LGBT in my uh, experience so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, any more voices? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I lived abroad for about 12 years, America, Northern Ireland and Ireland, and my experience, I suppose, of being Jewish in the Isle of Ireland was more difficult to be Jewish there than it was to be gay, just because there were very few uh, Jewish people there. Coming to London is, um, I think, amazing. It's just a tipping point of numbers of people, both Jewish and now queer Jewish people. Mm. I think I bridged the generation groups that you've got. I'm a little younger than the others and older than these guys, but I think... Um, had I, had I been in my 20s in London now, yeah, I'd say it would be amazing. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'd say to add on to that, I think London is very special in, yeah. mm -hmm. in that way. And uh, being even North London compared to South London when I lived there, like yeah. I really felt very, very different to people, both mm -hmm. because of my sexuality and because of my Jewishness. And it wasn't until I moved up to North London that I was able to find people like me and not be treated differently because of that. Um, so yeah, no, I think it does depend on location and also in terms of LGBT groups and LGBT organizations, I think still a lot of work needs to be done about 
being inclusive of bisexual and transgender people. I think that there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. Mm, we're going to talk about that in a moment. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I look forward to yeah. it. <laughs> um, for me, it was kind of the opposite of Alex and David because I grew up in America. It was easier to be Jewish than it was to be gay by far. Mm. Um, though most people didn't necessarily know a lot about being Jewish, they in large part felt indifferent, whereas being gay, you had to be very private and quiet about it. Um, I didn't actually come out until I moved to England, um, mm -hmm. partly because I had moved to England. Um, and when I got here, it was great on both sides. My, the first time I went to a synagogue here, I, I think I got three invites home for dinner <laughs> just because they want, wanted to be sure that I came home for, to somewhere for Shabbat dinner. Yeah. Um, and the LGBT community here always seems to have been accepted. I've never experienced any problems when telling someone that I'm gay. All right. So to open up the discussion a little bit more, if you're thinking of the current climate here, like socio-political climate in terms of gay, gay marriage coming through, does that, what do you think about it in terms of from your Jewish perspective? Well, it's such a core uh, concept in what it is. I think, to what it is to be Jewish, the notion of family. I can't imagine what Jews would be without that being a central uh, concept in how I think of myself as Jewish. And so the notion that I could become a member of an institution, which I know my family, my parents understand, means that I feel reconnected to my parents. Mm. They would understand my life if I had a partner, even if she were female. If I were to get married, they understand that. That's a big part of being Jewish. So for me, being able to get married in this country when that happens, yeah, that's really important. It's given me a sense of um, closure, I think, with my own Jewish family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any more voices on that? Um, I think for me, the whole same-sex marriage um, debate and its um, subsequent le uh, legislation um, really marks the end of a very long road. I mean, when I was mm. at school, that was when Tony Blair was in power and he was pushing through the age of consent, um, equalization, getting rid of Section 28. And then, of course, we had the anti-discrimination legislation. I really feel like all of these things that actually, as, as a teenager, as a young teenager, when I first started to come to terms with my sexuality, these were things that I couldn't imagine, I couldn't foresee, mm. um, especially marriage, for example. I'd, if you'd have asked me when I was 13, 14, you know, what do you think of the whole idea of same-sex marriage, I probably wouldn't have even been warm to it, personally speaking. I would have found it a very sort of foreign concept as a gay person. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, it's obviously much more, it's becoming more natural. Um, I still don't know if I want to get married myself. I'm in a civil partnership, actually, and that's fine for me. But the fact that there are people out there who want to get married, and there are, of course, Jewish movements in this country uh, that are willing to carry out these marriages is a, a massive step mm -hmm. forward. The Cheap Seats for LGBTIQ spoken word events from Melbourne and the world every Thursday night at 10pm on Joy 94.9. Do you think it makes a difference to have uh, to be able to have uh, marriages in places of worship, like a synagogue, for example? Does that make a difference for you? Yeah, definitely. I I knew synagogues that held marriages before they were <laughs> before they were made legal. But I think it concerns me most on the terms of like a piece of legislation that discriminates against mm -hmm. certain people, and that if it exists, 
it should exist in that way. And even though I personally don't want to get married, I need to respect that some people are being denied the, that opportunity. Mm. And that's not what we should have in a law. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm really, really happy about it, actually, because part of what made it really difficult for me to accept my sexuality was that I'd always pictured my life as getting married and having kids yeah. and all of that. Um, and it was kind of the un coming to understand that being gay, I could still have those things, at least in some form, and now soon I'll be able to have those things in the same form as everyone else, mm. is what helped me accept it. Right, yeah. So, um, again, if you're looking at the current climate, and if you had a, a vision, what do you think needs to be worked on, either in the communities uh, in, that you are or um, you would like to be? You already started talking about uh, gender, gender identity and the discourse, would you like to expand on that? Yeah, I think, I think that the LGBT community has quite a bad history in the way that it's treated transgender people and I think it's only really coming out now that this is like, this is an issue that needs to be dealt with. Um, and at least it needs to be understood. Uh, there's really like a lack of language around it and a lack of understanding what certain terms mean. And yeah, I think that that's something that really needs to be um, addressed in that um, and not seeing it as so, but they're not like us, their trouble, their um, issues aren't like ours because in a heterosexist society, we're all bunched together and that's how we need to look at it. That's why a term like queer exists because heterosexual and cisgender people create other us in that kind of way and we can only talk about activism in terms of those structures that exist already. That's actually interesting you're saying, and you said already queer, would you see yourself as a queer Jew or as an LGBT Jew or any other? How, how would you, if you had to find a definition or... Changes. Or I mean, I, I, I grew up under section 28. I was mm -hmm. at school in section 28 and uh, Tony Blair is part of my adult life, not my mm -hmm. kind of coming out life. Um, and that use of language then with ACT UP and Outrage. I identified as queer, that was part of my language then, and it meant something then that I think it means something very different now. Lesbian meant something very different then. Mm. I didn't identify as lesbian, I identified as queer because of the politics that were current then, but now I think I identify as lesbian and not queer. Mm -hmm. I think the language changes. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually never really been involved in LGBT activism at all, to be honest. Um, and not because I wasn't interested, I was absolutely interested in LGBT rights, etc. But I think looking ahead, one of the greatest gifts that our generation can have in the, our generations can have in the future is that this isn't actually a political issue anymore. Um, I wanted to go back a bit to the discussion about transphobia and transsexuals, if I may, because actually I think that transphobia is an incredible problem in the LGBT community in general. Um, personally speaking, it took me quite a long time to um, meet transsexuals and to, have, to sympathize more with their plight. I think that, especially living in Turkey, where the situation between uh, lesbians and gays and transgendered people is incredibly different. It's, it, it's their worlds apart in terms of how they're perceived by society and the sort of difficulties they face. Um, I think that's, this is the, one of the last big issues that we really have to tackle. Mm. Um, and I think that we still haven't really upped our game on it, to be honest. I think there's a long way to go. 
on that issue in particular. Mm-hmm. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Well, is, there, is there a different discourse in the Jewish community or if you're talking about gender issues uh, or, or trans issues, you're saying that we're in a different place than the rest of the LGBT community? Is there, do you have any...? I've never really seen transgender issues addressed no. in the Jewish community or ad- adequately. Um, I, ran, I ran a session on a summer camp with kids um, where I was like teaching them these terms and um, terms transgender and cisgender and things and these basic things like that. Uh, and it was really the first time a lot of them had heard that stuff or, mm-hmm. or just like cisgender kids never having even thought about that. And that is what cisgender privilege is, not having to think about that. So incorporating that into a kind of Jewish education, I think, can only have positive uh, influences in, in terms of our progressiveness as a people. Mm-hmm. As a newbie sort of to the British thing, do you see any comparison between where America, America's LGBT Jewish community is or queer community and what, what we are here? What is your impression, your feelings about that? Um, I think because America, there's still so many more problems that we're tackling that have been dealt with here a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, my impression from them is that a lot of us still stand together much more heavily, just that we are all in the same boat with a lot to overcome. So I've experienced a lot less um, issues of any kind between uh, gays, lesbians, and transgender people not necessarily understanding each other because it's all just an acceptance that we all have to work together regardless. Um, I haven't experienced much of it here, but only because I've not met many transgender people here. Um, Speaking personally for myself, one of my best friends from my teenage, well, we met before we were teenagers and all through my teenage years up till now has been someone who identifies as genderqueer. So personally, it's almost been a normal for me for so long that it never occurs to me that it's an issue for anyone else. So. Mm-hmm. Notion of family, that's another interesting thing to think of. You, you, you had mentioned that a little bit in terms of you know how it's changed. Do you still feel important for, for for young and youngish LGBT people, this is this is an important thing. If, for example, thinking of family, would you uh, do you have kids? Would you like to have kids? You know, and the whole marriage thing again. And you know, we were laughing about the, the, the Jewish mother thing during the break. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I rang my Jewish mother during the break. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, do you think that the tradition, in terms of the, the Jewish tradition, is is, is is pretty much the same? With this, but with, with all those legislative changes and I, how Britain is today, for me, I, I can only speak for myself. Family is such a integral part of how I understand what it is to be Jewish and to create Jewish community and to be a Jewish person. That to and that includes having children. Um, that to have grown up in a period of history where I never occurred to me that that was possible. And then my partner now is in her mid-30s and she's just that other side of that generation Mm -hmm. where it was possible and there was representation. We were talking in the break how unusual your mother was, yeah? Yeah. Um, I just, I think it's amazing that you could grow up now as a Jewish gay person and think of yourself as creating a family. I think that's phenomenal, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. and important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, when my mum was raising a queer Jewish family in the 90s, that was 
just unheard of and yeah. the kind of hurdles that she had to overcome on a day-to-day -day basis, even if, if, it, if it was something as simple as filling out a form, was just relentless. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no, I definitely I have lots of respect for her and I think people like her have paved the way for Jew queer Jewish families to be able to even env envisage having that kind of family. Do I want that myself? I'm not too sure right now. And, I, and I'm young, so I don't think I need to start, <laughs> start thinking about it. Uh, but I like to know that there's definitely the opportunity mm -hmm. out there. Yeah, so if you, if you if sort of imaginary, do you think you, you said that kind of, how would it, have been for, would it have been for you if you had been brought up about 30 years back as, as an LGBT? Do you, you know, do, do you think that you talked about privilege, there is a privilege mm. here in terms of lifestyle and opportunities and possibilities? Um, or? I feel lucky. I mean, of course, it's difficult to know depending on the sort of family you had and their level of observance and their, their worldview, etc. But presumably for most people, it was much more difficult on a number of different levels. Um, like I said earlier, you know, I was re I was at school, I was coming out at that time when there were so many changes happening and, you know, mm. Channel 4 was broadcasting Queer as Folk and this sort of thing, you know, it was it was amazing. I mean, I, I, I felt at the time very lucky. Um, and I think that's why at the time I didn't really have a conflict about religion, morality and being gay, etc. because it felt like it was becoming much more accepted by the day almost. Um, but for people who maybe couldn't see the changes forthcoming some decades ago, I can't imagine how difficult that must have been for some people. Mm. Um. What is your vision for the future? It's um, a big question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yourself, as an LGBT Jewish person in Britain. Hopefully that my family that I eventually have with my uh, partner and my kids will be something that's a fairly normal thing. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that it's incredibly common. I mean, the communities will always be a certain size, but just that no one necessarily bats an eyelash about us being there. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's another form of family. Mm -hmm. And on that note, I'd like to end this session by saying thank you for being here today and sharing your stories with us. And let's remember that each and every one of you are contributing to LGBT Jewish history in the UK. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.